Hello and welcome to episode 230 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode is the singer of one of the best British bands on the scene right now, Dream State. That's right, I'm joined by Jesse Powell. Jesse is an absolute force to be reckoned with, one of the best singers out there and I truly mean that. She really is a phenomenal talent and I'm so glad that she gets to join me on today's episode of Mark and Me. We hit it off straight away. The chemistry's there from the moment we say hello and we've talked since and it's been such a great success on YouTube. But here it is for you to listen to, hopefully on Apple Podcasts or Podomatic or Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. But the interview is coming up in just a couple of minutes time. But before I give you that, let's quickly touch base and talk about my last episode. It was a two-part special, and hand on heart, I think it was probably the best episode I've done in years. It was with the amazing Frank Carter. Again, someone that I have so much respect for. Their brand new album, yes, the band Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes is out now. They've just finished touring the UK, some of the best live shows you'll see, and just unbelievable. I also want to say a massive thank you to Frank for taking the time to share it. We've been texting since and that tattoo is going to happen. But let's get back to today's episode. Jesse from Dream State, an absolutely incredible guest. So I think the best thing to do is to get straight to it now. So here's me and Jesse talking all things music. So Jesse, thank you for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, what I love to do with all guests that come on the show is take it right back to the very start. So before Dream State, before all the music sort of entered your life, can you remember that first album that maybe you bought with your pocket money or was given to you that made you absolutely fall in love with music? I think I, think I remember buying from Woolworths when that was a thing. I miss pre- Woolworths. Yeah. <laughs> I miss the Pick-A-Mix. <laughs> I was about to say, I really miss the Pick-A-Mix. The foam bananas and the, the cherry cola things. Oh, the best. Um, I, uh, the album, there was a couple actually, but the two, can I say two? You can say as many as you want. Okay, so two that really stick out was, one was the Limp Bizkit, um album. Um was it chocolate uh, starfish or was it before yeah, that? Chocolate, yeah, sorry, chocolate starfish. Yeah, and um, I remember going out and buying Lincoln Park, but like, do you remember like when they collab with Jay Z? Yes, and it, like that was like obviously I do love my crap, I love my rap. Like I'm really diverse in music, so for me to hear like Chester with like Jay Z, obviously there's always a bit of rap element in Lincoln Park, but then like to have that, yeah, just just the collab was. I still think it's up there with one of my favorite albums of all time um so those two really stand out for me and that was when I first realized first realized I could scream because I, I just kept copying Chester I was like 12 and I just kept singing along and my mom was like Jesse does that hurt and I was like no but she was like you sound exactly like him and I was like I love him like I just I just loved his his tone and the way he just pushed his voice and then I do love new metal so yeah, Limp Biscuit and Lincoln Park were two albums that stand in my head. It seems to be making a bit of a resurgence now. Like everyone's obsessed with Lincoln Park. Corn um, have had like a massive um, oh. like return, which is amazing. I only saw Limp Biscuit early last year, and now they're playing obviously Download. And it just seems that everyone's now getting back into the new metal scene, which is great because at the time, even though it was huge. I remember walking around in a hoodie of corn and people would be like, oh, you fucking Grebo. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. I remember walking around in school, like my Lincoln Park hoodie. It was a genuine hoodie and like people would be like, oh, you goth. Yeah. And now people are buying it from like H&M, like making their own collab. Um, but no, I think we were absolutely spoiled in the sort of ni- early 90s with with what we had. And I think, yeah, for me, I still love Lincoln Park. And I... I think there's elements of our music where 
people have referred it to a bit of like new metal vibes and I'm really glad because that's what in the studio I've really gone for like like my kind of like rappy scream is very inspired by like that those two bands actually so yeah I, I was listening to you guys um all week obviously on the lead up to this interview <laughs> and your later stuff especially the new stuff that's just about to come out the guitar tones and everything is quite taking me back to that era. I'm not saying it's exactly like Corn Olympus, it's not that heavy, but it's, it's definitely inspired. got that distortion. It's definitely got that overdrive. It's definitely got that kind of feel. It's taking me definitely down those roads. So it's, uh, it's definitely it. hearing that. Thank you. I'm really grateful you heard that because that is definitely what we were going for. And I think one other thing is like, I'm classically trained in opera and it's, I'm not, I, I'm quite open that I love classical music. Like I'm, I'm really inspired by opera. So uh, I, I really wanted to incorporate or I guess just showcase my vocal skill set in this uh, mini album. And I feel like I was really given the opportunity to not only do like bits of opera, bit of like raspy rapping and pitch fry and just, just really show people what my vocals can do. Um, but I really am glad that you heard that new, new metal vibe. We're kind of like Evanescence meets Lincoln Park, but then Dream State. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's difficult isn't it to kind of uh label yourself but you're not too far away and i think what always interests me uh especially on your musical journey you've mentioned some incredible albums to start those foundations but live music is where it changed for me uh i've mentioned it many times on this podcast too many times but i was lucky enough that one of my first ever gigs was green day um mm. and it was during their dookie tour so it was before they'd blown up massively um and they're playing stuff like when i come around and all this but it blew my mind and i was blown away by the fact that free musicians could make so much noise and sound so tight and so so like well rehearsed but it's still a punk band and i was wondering what those first gigs were that maybe you attended as a, a teenager that stuck you know stood with you still today we have when I was younger like my dad used to like I'm from Worcester like a little place called Worcester and um he used to drive me to Birmingham because I wasn't quite old enough to maybe like you know he didn't really want me getting the train and stuff back home after a, a gig so he'd wait like just around Birmingham um but I they, they, we were really lucky to have something called like Taste of Chaos yeah and, I've like, been many that, times yeah it was like where I got to see like the used and like yeah. all these amazing american bands and i honestly like a lot of my inspiration has come from like that that era like um but in terms of what blew me away i'd say the tape like the used live when i was younger i was just like what is this noise like the taking back sundays but one gig that i did go to see and it was green day and it was my dad again legend dropped me off in Milton Keynes and it was in like a bowl. I was at that show, the Milton Keynes bowl gig, which was just massive. Massive. And like, I think we managed to get some people to buy us alcohol. We were like 15 <laughs> and we were like running wild around this field. Like you say, just watching these men, like, like to me, the, the simplicity of like the way they're able to just stand there and just, just, it just blew my mind so that was up there still with one of the best shows of my life and another show that really sticks for me and something I've manifested for like 20 years is um I saw Flyleaf play um at Download when I was in my teens and I remember saying like I remember just looking to the left of me and being like watching this woman like she was in like a skirt, but she kind of looked like a hippie. She had like no shoes on and she was like really like, you could tell she was really in tune with like the energy of the air. And I just love how she like presented herself and she would just scream like a man. And I remember like my family being like, you can do that, Jess. And I was like, I'm going to do, I remember just being like, I'm going to do that. And I, I, I was really set then after seeing Flyleaf, like, and I just remember constantly like having, I've been in like bands since I was quite young and, always like throwing that like just doing like the things I've seen like Flyleaf do or like the U's do and people being like what are you doing I'd be like I just I just want to get low and then I remember seeing like Suicide Silence and watching like him do like the he used to, he like got down on this like like this crow like this crab <laughs> and he just and I remember just being like that's it like I didn't I just I'm so inspired by so many shows but there's Suicide Silence Flyleaf and I think like seeing the U's for the first time 
a mixture of all of those has made me who I am as an artist because a lot of people are like, why is she like, I'll do the crab call. Like, I'm not afraid like to get really low and just windmill my hair. Like I just, yeah, God, we're so lucky. The more I talk about what we've, what I've seen, I'm like, how lucky to have had those experiences, especially with Lacey Sternum when she was in her, she was like young and like, yeah. killing, they were at the top of their game and she came on with bare feet and I sort of taken that on board for a couple of the shows until I got like a splinter and I really Yeah, never it. again. It looks cool for like photos and things, but then like I got a load of weird, inappropriate, like just weird, yeah, just like people offering me money for like <laughs> pics and I, I just think, would you ask a guy for that? It's weird, so, the world out there, isn't it? It's, put put my shoes back on. Yeah, it's safer. Um, <laughs> f from avoiding any kind of um, bad pieces of wood going in or just freaks wanting more pictures of your toes. Yeah. It's it's wise what you've done. But um, <laughs> you've, I don't know your journey before Dream State. So obviously you're talking about these times in Birmingham watching these amazing bands and your family recognizing you had a talent and you could scream but you could also get those low notes so it when I hear your voice sometimes have you ever heard the band Guano Apes I haven't actually check them out because the singer was one of those singers back then uh that had that low depth as well instead of just the high sort of paramore elements it was a lot more oomph and drum, like drive to their vocal. And that reminds me of, especially when I've seen you live, your performance. And I was wondering when it became a reality to you, not just singing in front of your family and actually everyone's gone through the whole college bands and school bands, but is that how your journey started? Yeah, so I'm really fortunate. Like my family, like I say, recognize, I'm not massively academic and I'm not ashamed of that, but what I have got, I'm extremely creative like you give me an instrumental and I'll give you a melody and lyrics just like that's something I find very easy and I always have I've been writing songs since I was like six seven years old like genuinely would like someone would be playing the piano next to me when I used to have piano lessons and I'd start singing a song over it and my piano teacher would be like what well, what are you singing and I'd be like a song and like I've got like writings of me in my early teens like really emo lyrics but like yeah I've always just had that ability to be able to write like what people call now hooks or like a chorus that's really really catchy um and for me the journey started really when I was in like a stage school where I used to get because I wasn't really like I could say academic I used to be able to leave school and go and be in these pantomimes and they would sometimes be like three four shows a week and I I do them like religiously, like love being in the pantomime, love being on stage. And then so like that was like probably like I was quite young then, like eight or nine. And then because I used to get sent out of class quite a bit, I'd have to go and sit with like the choir teacher, which was not a punishment. It was like a luxury. And she'd just like she'd be doing choir like every hour, but with people's slots. So I'd always just be again. She'd be like, here's Jess again, like what have you done now? And I'd be like, I just spoke too much or whatever. So I would be sat with this choir teacher. Her name was Mrs. Chu. And I'd loved, I've tried to find her because she's really inspired me to like be who I am and, and perform. But I sang in the church. Uh, I'm, I'm Catholic. Um, I'm classically trained in opera. So church singing was my youth, sang in like uh, my, my local church on a weekly basis, sometimes still attend, um, like Christmas Eve mass with my dad and I just love like I just love all the acoustics and everyone's definitely had a few Proseccos so everyone's just going in <laughs> and it's like my also my journey started I will say very young um they realized I could sing quite high very young so I was pushed in the choir and it was where I could just focus like I would really just focus on the singing and the songs so I kind of just got pushed there because it probably gave everyone an easier life but I'm grateful because I think that's truly where I got my lung capacity from, my stamina, my ability to sing. I could sing like three hours. Uh, I, I'm very confident based on knowing what I did in the choir. Like I could just keep singing and it keeps getting because it was daily. Uh, being a Catholic, it was almost like you'd wake up and sing a hymn. Lunchtime, there'd be hymns. End of the day, there'd be songs. So thank you primary school for that 
capacity you've given me. And then in terms of a band, uh, when I was 13, um, there's like a local venue um, in Worcester, and I was really friendly with the, the son. It's called the Mars Bar, and I was really friendly with the owner and his son who played guitar. So I was always jamming on my acoustic and singing with him. He's a fantastic singer. I don't know why he's not like mega famous, but yeah, I'd say from like 12, 13, I've been singing with a guitar and doing like covers with people. And then I joined my first band when I was like 13, 14. And then I started getting the train to Birmingham because there was like, opportunities to like be in like the bands I wanted to be here. Um, and I kind of never left that scene. Like I've always been like, yeah, I've been in like four bands in Birmingham. My biggest band I was in that I think had some success. We got signed off our first gig to In at the Deep End Records, which back then were really big. Like they had like Feed the Rhino, Silosis. Um, I was in a band called Aurora and I fronted that for five and a half years. I'm self-managed, self-booking, and I got to play like Slam Dunk, Takedown. I did some really cool things on my own. Like uh, I talk about this a lot because 10 years ago, I was usually the opener. I was always opening. Yeah. Big bands <clears throat> would come to me, like big bands would come up to me and be like, you're really good. Like you're really, really good. And I'm like, thank you. And then like I had a full circle moment last summer where I got to be main support to Heart of a Coward. But throughout my whole career, in my early 20s, late teens, I was always opening for them. Of course. Always there, opener, opener, opener. Like festivals would see me and they were like, oh, we need a girl. We haven't got any girls. And it would usually be me, Marmas me and Marmosets were usually the only two girls in a green room. So me and Becca were usually the yeah. only two girls in a green room. And I remember looking around being like, where are the girls? And then what was really refreshing this summer is that it's so different. And it's, but 10 years ago, I was trying to make it. And yeah, I think Aurora was my biggest band that I can say where my journey really took off. And that's where I think the boys found me because they'd saw some successes that Aurora had had. Um, but I just wish, I kind of wish like all of the success I'm having now i just sometimes wonder why or everything i believe happens for a reason but i sometimes wish it could have this could have all been happening when i was young and really of hungry. course i just i get sometimes confused like i'm still the same vocalist i can still do all the same skill set but why is it now that it's i'm like a being, decade later it's like 15 years yeah. later and given the main support slots to a band i supported four times already but always opened and i just don't it still doesn't so I can't digest why when I was always told by everyone I ever met that I was very talented. So I just kind of um feel perhaps, really perhaps the um roads were leading to now, even though it might not feel like it and even though it's taken a long journey and setback after setback and you're right, fifteen years ago, all I could ever think of if I saw a female bands were longer was like garbage, paramore. Mama Zett's absolutely incredible British band. There's not enough. Um, but I have seen by going to festivals over the last few years, a huge increase and it's a lot better to see. And it feels like may maybe it's just timing for you. Maybe it is fate. And I don't always know if that's real, but maybe it was waiting and going through the bad times and always being the opening act to then appreciate the reward when it was no longer that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I truly think that's probably why I'm because everyone I meet is like, God, you're so I'm so grateful to have this fight finally. Like, honestly, I feel like I've waited 20 years to do to be doing just what I'm doing now. Like, uh, and I know everyone has to graft and I understand that. But I just feel like I still really thank the guys. Like we're all sat here in a house just just jamming. And like, I'm just so grateful. What the hell? How am I doing this now? Like it, it, it is feels like a pinch me moment. But I want to point back quickly to what we were saying about the girls, because this summer was so refreshing for the first time in what felt like forever for me, bearing in mind I've had a bit of time out the scene, so I can't speak for the last seven, eight years. But I remember being in a green room and I had Debbie from Harriet, Alice from um, Lake Malice, um, Charlie from As Everything Unfolds. The list goes on and on and on. And I remember just looking around, getting a sandwich and 
having a glass of water and looking around the room being like, here we fucking go, ladies. Finally, yeah. Like, yeah, like these women are spectacular. And I'm just like, again, like going back 10 years, I'm like, I remember almost being quite, walking into a green room and feeling really like, I'm quite a confident girl, but sometimes I would feel a bit like, and then they'd think I'm the girlfriend. Someone would be like, oh, can you wait outside now? Like, this is just bands. And I'd be like, I'm in the band. Yeah. And I, so it just it just feels like like you say there's this really exciting switch and i'm i'm taking everything i can like watch this space because i'm i've got a short window at being a woman you know who's not 19 i i i've got to just go for this with everything i've got to 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 get to what i want because i don't have the luxury of giving it another 20 years what's the main story of Dreamstick then? So obviously I know that they had a lineup change with two of the members leaving and to replace a singer in a band is a huge risk. Um, you see many bands lose a guitarist or drummer and change lineups many times. But to change a vocalist changes the dynamic, changes the sound, changes the songs, changes the melodies. Was it a case of auditions or they reached out to you and knew you were the one from what you'd done previously? Or how, how did it actually come about that it was finally, you're now ready to join Dream State? Yeah, great um, question. Um, so they reached out, well, Alid reached out to me on Facebook. Um, and he was like, hey, I'm not sure if you'd be interested. Because they must have had a look on my profile and they could see I hadn't done, I was still doing covers, but not playing live. So they were like, I'm not sure if you'd be interested, but like, someone's put your name forward because we're looking for a singer who can sing and scream. Um, here's my band. I don't know if you've heard of us. Here's a couple of tracks. If you are interested, would, would you be interested in showing me some, some vocal takes of these and maybe we could have a zoom and, and sort of have a conversation. Now I remember opening this email and this is a really weird situation because a month prior I'd, been approached to audition for a death metal band which has been my dream to front just no singing just just pure like just just pure grab just pure gut rolls which I wanted to really push myself and I've been out of the scene for ages and I was like go for it and I went for it and I really put myself out there like just went for it and I remember being basically the feedback was like we're a little bit concerned. We've got a few concerns because, like, obviously you're married, you're in your 30s and you're a woman, so we just don't know how our audience is going to react to you. I, I'm not going to lie, I've never cried. I, cr I cried. I cried feeling very... I put myself then in this box of, like, I knew it. And why did I Why did I go and do that? Like, I felt really stupid and I was like... And then when I heard back my audition video, I was like, it's a really good vocal take. Like, it's so annoying that because I don't have a penis, I'm not being accept like given a chance. I was down about that for a while. And then three weeks passed, opened my email, opened my Facebook, and added a message. And I said to my husband, no one's going to want to see me get low. Like, I was really in my head. I was like, no one's, you know, I'm married. I'm in my 30s. No one's going to give a shit. I'm not doing it. I'm not putting myself through it again. And my husband was like, Jesse, have you heard this song? Like, it sounds like you, like you, this couldn't be a more better suited band to your ability. And I remember hearing White Lies and being like, that's, that's familiar. <laughs> that's a familiar song. Um, so anyway, I thought I'd go a bit above and beyond. So I went all the way to Oz in Folkestone at Hidden Track Studio. He's a good friend of mine from when we were on the same label um, when he was in Feed the Rhino. Um, and I went all the way to Oz, told him about my opportunity, and he'd wanted to work with Dream State free me. So he was like, let's fucking do it. I drove five and a half hours to Folkestone, banged out three songs, paid him for like, as though he was like my producer for Mix Master, drove all the way back, then I went to a venue, um, Uproar, in Birmingham, and they really told them about my opportunity. They gave me access to their stage, and I even went above and beyond, so much so that I did my friend Josh filmed me doing what would be if I was on stage like live to one of their songs, and Jack at Uproar was doing the lights for me. Anyway, I sent Alid this video of me doing White Lies live, and all these mix and mastered 
copies of every song he'd asked me to learn. And I remember him replying back being like, oh, my God, I only wanted you to, like, hold your phone in your bedroom. Like, <laughs> what the hell? And I was like, I've got one chance. My husband's told me that it, I'd be doing myself an injustice to myself if I didn't go for this. So you either go in, go in, or oh, don't, yeah. don't bother. I'm, I'm all or nothing me. And he was like, okay, do you want to jump on a Zoom? And I was like, yeah. And then we kept like zooming each other and talking about plans and all this really exciting stuff. But I remember like three weeks later being like, sorry, just to clarify, am I in the band? He was like, fuck yeah, a hundred percent you're in the band. I was like, sorry, you never actually said. And he was like, I just thought that was pretty obvious. That's incredible. Like you're in the band. And then like we met May 2022 for our first practice. We released Taunt Me October 2022. And we released me as like the new face to the world. And then 2023 was just like we were like main support on nearly every festival going this um, like last summer tours and what happened next I can only say is like sometimes if you walk through a door you're gonna you're gonna get the rewards and I'm just glad that I and I really do thank my husband for giving me that push to like believe in myself um because I was a bit scared, like, do I want to be a replacement singer? I'm going to get terrored. But Taunt Me went down better than any of us expected. And I think because I had a bit of a following from my years in fronting bands previously, a lot of those followers sort of latched on. And then some of the OG fans took real shine to me. So they kind of encouraged everyone else to, like, be nice to me. Um and the rest is history. Like it's just been an absolute whirlwind. And I was going to say the word whirlwind. I thought to myself, it must be a bit hard to take a step back because you're so busy and so full on, and with the release coming out and download <laughs> and the festivals, it must be a bit too hard to kind of take a step back as an outsider and see what's actually happened. Yeah. So I was working like I've worked in the corporate services for like twenty years, and I was working full time and doing a full time busy busy job and all of and all of this lovely stuff and what happened was I actually got time to actually digest this all in August because um I unfortunately got made redundant last August and whilst I've been juggling all the plates of touring and festivals with dream state vid videos songs we're just back to back we just want to be consistent um I got made redundant in the August and my husband was like do you know what Jesse I think you need to, you know, you get a bit of a redundancy package and I've had a bit of like savings, which was not a lot, but my husband was like, I think you need to, with, with how busy the band's getting and all these opportunities that are opening for you, I really think, because I've been pretty much self-booking Dream State all of last year. Yeah. We self-manage, so like we're busy. I do a lot of the admin. Um I remember having that conversation like, okay, I've been made redundant. Do I want to go back to another like, you know, grind that, that exhausts me at the end of the week? And then I have to go and play a show and then I have to drive some. So I cut a long story short, I just decided by me being made redundant to take that as a sign to have a year where I just fully fall into dream state and write music, be a musician, like you know have time to digest because a bit like what you just said like I just was doing all these amazing things and not having a minute I'd be before I'd blink I'd be back at my desk dealing with work so I never got any chance to actually like take it all in and then when I did get made redundant and I decided to be right I'm gonna dedicate a year to dream state and see what happens we got booked on the funeral Funeral for a friend reached out to us and asked us to open their arena show. We got we got signed to a, a booking booking agent, um, a tonal like in October. We went we got invited on tour with as December falls across the whole of Europe for like five weeks. And I thought, Do you know what? I think God is like giving me this. I think now's my time. Like, yeah, I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm like goosebumps head to toe when I explain this journey because. I really think that like someone above is being like, right, you've you've persevered, you've you've been through your shit, you've slogged, 
Now You've earned time. it, yeah. Yeah. I really think my time is to shine now, and I, I don't feel like by any means I'm the best in the business, but I certainly know that if you come to a Dream State show, I'm going to put on the show of my life for you. Every, every I follow you guys on Instagram and Facebook, and I see a lot of videos, and I see when you're playing festivals, and all the photos are really captivating because I see you in the crowd. I see you giving it absolutely everything, blood, sweat, tears. Um, no one can take that away from you. You go on there and you basically try and get every single person in that crowd moving, or at least when they leave that tent or that arena, they say, fucking hell, that front woman was incredible. Like hats off to you. You are, doing the work of many people's dreams and it's awesome because you could have shied away and been like i'm a replacement new singer in a band and i'm going to try and win people over slowly and hope people start to warm to me and then accept the change in the band but you went out there and went no i'm jesse this is still the band you're going to love but i'm jesse and i'm going to be jesse and that's that's brave but it paid off i appreciate that and don't get me wrong, like imposter syndrome definitely is a thing. And I decided when I took on this journey to go completely straight edge so that I could be truly present. Like, you know, I didn't, I spent my teens being drunk on stage and thinking I was a rock star. How about go and put on the show of your life? So I've, I've not drank alcohol for like 18 months now. And whilst I've stopped binge drinking, I took up binge eating so whilst i'm like a couple of stone heavier since joining dream state what i will say is that i'm the happiest i've ever been in my life so i think everything weight comes and goes i'm not stressed about that but i think there was so much pressure on me when i joined and and this expectation i had in myself that i had to like deliver to all these like eagle-eyed waiting for me it felt like a lot of people were waiting for me to like fuck up yeah, and I just I just kept like comfort. I just feel like a comfort it, and obviously not drinking. You don't not that it's you know some people have it as a bit of a crutch. You know, take the edge off. So like before shows, not having a can to like just you know I've been like having like um my Fanta. No Dutch courage, yeah, yeah. So like Fanta is my new like Fanta and <laughs> my shot of tequila, and I have a bit of Fanta before I go on stage, and I just I feel it. I'm like on top of adrenaline. I just, I'm like bouncing off the walls. So I am glad I went for it, but I will be honest that it's been like mentally, like the first, I think the first six months I was a little bit in my head. And then it wasn't until I started getting all these like bigger slots and these bigger shows and the bigger crowds and the bigger like fan fan mail in my own personals, like daily I'll wake up to like lovely messages thanks to all of the fans and my family supporting me as much as they are and telling me like I'm good enough I'm ready to just absolutely destroy 2024 I think 2023 was like a good warm-up for me finding my feet with the band getting to know the guys yeah now I'm like yeah I, I just think I've, I'm I'm a dangerous dangerous contender in this scene I think right now because I've like I said earlier, as a woman in the in her thirties, I don't have a twenty year window. So my purpose is to make sure that anyone who comes to one of our shows leaves that show and says, "What a fucking show!" That's what I'd expect. Like, if you're going to pay money to see us, I want people to like remember it. I want someone else to join this podcast in ten years and say. A highlight for me was watching Jesse Powell yeah. in Dream State. That's like my goal. Like there's loads of little girls I see in the crowd watching me and like that's so important that they are inspired. Um and if even if that's all I do to a handful of people, then I can bow out gracefully when the time is right. Do you look at your career? Obviously the highlight is now it's all led to this that we've talked about today. I put in for funeral for a friend at the arena. Was it Cardiff? Is that right? Yes. I mean, surely moments like that are just, I, I wouldn't be able to get my head around it. Casually dressed in deep in conversations, one of the greatest albums of all time. It changed my life. So I'd be sitting there pinching myself thinking, 
we've just warmed up ready for one of the best Welsh bands that have changed the scene. Trust me, I manifested that on Satin uh, podcast. So that yeah. was like the February before they, they got me on the show and they were like, what would be your dream gig? I was like, oh, if I could support a funeral for a friend, I'd fire. <laughs> and they, they asked me. And when I found out it was a reader, bear in mind, I'm still digesting playing to like 400, 900. Trees was like a couple of thousand. So I'm still digesting all this. Oh, do you want to play the arena to like 6,000? sorry what so what i decided from that is i did a lot of like breath work so i love yoga so yeah. i did a lot of practice to like kept telling myself every day like you've got this like i really looked after myself i got into shape and i like i decided that you've got one life and that i didn't want to look back when i was 15 and be like oh i wish i'd have made a bit more effort for that so i went for a theme and i called it taylor swift but make it emo because Taylor plays all these huge arenas and she's like a boss, but obviously I'm an emo. So I went and bought this like sparkly outfit and I went and got my makeup done. I don't wear, I'm a, <laughs> a boy. And I like, I remember walking out and all the boys were like, oh, and I was like, let's go. I wanted to feel like I fitted on, I wanted to like, that all gave me that confidence to be like, you know, it's a big stage. I wanted yeah. to like feel like I filled it and, I remember looking behind me and like people from dashboard were watching and like they were like nodding and they were like filming and I was like I just there was a couple of moments where I got choked up and then I saw yeah. my dad in the crowd and my husband and I just lost my mind and my best friend was there honestly I I'm grateful I got made redundant because it gave me 6 weeks to prep mentally and physically for that show and I think if I was still working the grind like long days like busy and then had to play that. I don't think I'd have been as clear-minded as I felt by having a bit of time off before. And then we went straight to Europe. So again, like I think having that time off before all this gave me that that like mental digestion and just just relax. I still won't ever get over that. I, I'm forever grateful to funeral for a friend. And the fact is as well, when we came off stage, they were like, they were like clapping and like various members took me off to, to one side and said really nice things and I just couldn't speak believe it or not I couldn't speak I when I think about that day it gives me like shivers because I just don't know how I went to see funeral for a friend 16 years ago at, <laughs> that, at, at that venue and I remember watching them being like I'm gonna this isn't me still I'm gonna do this manifestation I think is a real thing and I think everything I've ever dreamed of genuinely as a child ha didn't happen when I really wanted it to but by taking this like leap of faith that randomly came in my inbox has transformed my life into now I can actually what, what's your job Jess oh, I'm, a, I'm a musician what I never thought that would be my calling but I know it's what I'm supposed to be doing so We've got very similar um, journeys. I'm not saying I was a podcaster on stage in Worcester and stuff like that, but what I did do is I've worked very hard and two years ago almost now, um, I left a job in recruitment, which was just mind-numbing and very office and very corporate and very sales-focused and just not me. But I did it because bills need to be paid and it's the life that you just have to go down because it's just the way it is. And when I left that, I thought to myself, I better look for another job in the same field because that's all I've done for the last 10, 15 years. That's all people think I can only do. And I just thought to myself, and I have the support of my wife, who's my absolute world, but she was like, if you don't do it, you're never going to do it. And you need to do it all or nothing because you need to launch a YouTube. You need to go to all the festivals. And by not having that safety blanket of a job that brings in the salary, that brings in the holiday pay, that brings in sick pay, it's terrifying. But what I did say to myself was, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all out. So I did download festival officials, you know, did specials for that, did 2000 Trees live on stage, did Art Tangent live on stage, managed to get my dream guests that I couldn't even dream of. If you told me when I was a kid I'd get to interview Brandon Boyd from Incubus or Simon Neal from Biffy Clyro, I would have told you to fuck off. I'd have been like, it's never going to happen. And now I feel like 
there's no stopping me. Like next year, I want my own stage at these festivals with other podcasts. I want to now not just think, okay, I've had Biffy Clower. I want to go and get Dave Grohl. You know, it's like, there's nothing stopping me. So someone says, so Mark, what do you do for a living? I'm like, well, do you know what? I'm living my dream. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I can say I'm a podcaster and that's something that I never thought I could say. You've made me feel really emotional for you because I just think that's such a beautiful story and like so similar recruitment 10 years but um you actually genuinely made me feel a bit oh just because like how powerful is that that like and how lucky are we that we have what sounds like extremely yeah. supportive partner supportive partners that quite clearly are so selfless that they our happiness is so important to them like hearing your story is is beautiful and I I have no doubt that you'll do everything that you set your mind to. Uh, like, If I'm, not, me and you might be sat in Subway working, selling sandwiches in a year's time and be like, remember when we did that interview and uh, thought we could do this forever? Hold on. If we both got recruitment of what, between between us both 25 years, let's just set up like, let's just start, let's do like recruitment for like the industry and like... That would make, be amazing. I mean, I'm very much feeling it. Um, we've just been talking today, actually, you know, like my savings are running out. My money's running out. I've even taken up a little part-time role again. My my husband at his company, he he mad like he like spoke to his boss about my situation, and then this this part-time role came up, and it is like an admin assistant, and I'm not ashamed of it. And do you know what's really lovely? I've never been able to like walk in and like they're like, "You're right, you seem a bit on edge." I'm like, like I like I'm not spinning twenty plates, and I I've not because I'm used to, so used to dealing with stakeholders and candidates and sales and oh, I hate all these words now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bread. But oh, God. I have had to take a part-time role because I have bills to pay. Of course. But my next, like I do a lot of like, I'm going to say out here because I'm, I'm interested to see what would happen in a year, but like, I don't want to say too much, but one thing that I do is I have built a really successful following somehow the last year, and yeah. I will drop like a cover, and it I'll be like I'll be like really confident, like or nervously like put a rock horn if you want to hear more, thinking please someone just put a rock horn because if no one replies, it's awkward. Yeah, and then I'm like a mass. So, like, I've started speaking to industry people who are already doing it and, like, being really successful. And, like, I would like, like you, I, I want to keep doing this for as long as, like, I'm able. Um, so what I, my thought process was to, like, maybe, like, actually bite the bullet and stop flirting with the idea and just set my Patreon up, set my tiers, reach out to my fans and be like, hey, guys. I really want to be a musician still. I give you free vocal covers. I give you this. I give you that. I've got multiple industry people reaching out to me for singing lessons. Fill the fucking That's tier. the future. That's it. That's how you do <laughs> so it. I, I'm just going to like, I've, I've made a decision that just after tour, I'm going to announce it publicly and be like, hey, if you want to hear me do covers now, you can also request them. Just throw me a couple of pounds. Yeah. Yeah, and just see if I can do the part-time thing and this. I've even started, like, cleaning for my nan. Like, I will always remain humble when my head's in that toilet scrubbing for a couple of pennies. There's no way this girl is going to stay anything but humble because I'm doing anything I can. Like, I've I put myself out there last year going, hey, guys, I got made redundant. Does anyone want me to feature on their song? I got three bookings in a month. Three and now now imagine doing that again now after the success of the last year you've had with dream state and no more so many more people knowing your your oh, range and your, your abilities so it just takes that bit of patience to take a step back then build it all build the patreon make sure the tiers are the right levels and that people get the right things and delivering the goods because yeah. It's a dangerous game to play if you're promising a lot of people stuff and then you can't fulfill it. But I'm sure you will. It'll be your drive. It'll be the reason to stop you going back to recruitment. It'll be the reason to keep Dream State a full time job. And I'm sure you'll be bonus. successful. I really missed that bonus. I'm not gonna <laughs> I missed the I'm not gonna I missed like I'm saying to the boys like, you know like pre pre pandemic, I used to go on like three holidays a year. <laughs> I would be able to be eat out, whatever. And I said, like, look, this has humbled me. Like, 
I'm what you class now as a starving musician, but I'm learning how to like, I'm learning, it feels like a brand new life for me. I'm five months in and I'm like just adapting. And again, I sit here genuinely, like just walked to the beach this morning, taking in that sea air. And I was just like, how fucking lucky am I to be waking up on a Wednesday, walking to a beach, and then all I've got to do this afternoon is talk on a podcast and write some songs. And it's Blech. Thursday, so you're that in you're in the you're in the air that much. You've not even got the right day. It's Thursday. But yeah. <laughs> How that? I'm so I'm so I can't. I'm still like in my head thinking about your experience. Like, good on you. And I really hope that it just like keeps excelling. Like, you got to just keep going. You will always be there. I, I, I've told myself, and I don't want to offend anyone that works in recruitment or my old friends that listen to this, but I never want to have to go back. So I'm like, my pride is that like I've gone and done my time now. I've had the scars, I've had the candidates, I've had all the waiting lists <laughs> and all this shit. And now I'm like, I feel like I, I don't need to ever do that again. I feel like I've I've tasted what's out there now in the bigger world and to go back there would just feel like failure do you know what i will say let's i just want to say that let's say let's say god forbid things didn't yeah. life's a thing so let's say it didn't please don't think you're a failure because i have to say like just from what you've explained that you've achieved in this lifetime like oh my god there'd be people that would die to do what you've done so i would never say you're a failure i would just say that 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 door closed it so just ran out didn't it yeah it there was so yeah, much so i think even if you did have to god forbid go back to that account management <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm gonna clean toilets at your nan's house you know something there's plenty she would nanny bet she's listening she's from belize she's nice. she's sassy caribbean accent nanny there's, bet. Plenty, there's plenty of toilets for you to be cleaning and she would be delighted uh I will say, like, so grateful my family. Like, I'll turn up with my mom and dad's and bless them. Like, my dad's, like, yeah, he's, like, um, he's just an angel. Like, he works full time and he's really, really good for my mom and stuff. And, like, he'll, um, like, he, I don't know, I'll turn up there and then they'll be like, Jess, we've um, we've wired you, like, a little bit of money. And I'll be like, what the hell? And like, no, it's just to fill your car up so you can keep coming back to Worcester. Like, we, we really want to see you. But we really want you to, like, we really want you to go for this. Like, I, I suffered from a real dark bout of depression uh, over the years. And yeah. the, the deeper I got into, I guess, recruitment and wanting to, like, like really push that and... I just don't think I was happy. And I think I was chasing a dream that perhaps wasn't my destiny. And one thing, apparently, everyone who's close to me, like, it's weird. I've lost a lot of friends for various different reasons. But, like, I really thought I'd be surrounded by like, all these people. But, like, it's weird. I've just got my bestie, my husband, and my, my cousins, who I'm super tight with. And I'm like, I'm, I'm all right with this. But the point of what I'm saying is just, like, I think um, oh, my, my mind's just gone, but I had something really important to say. When you're talking then, I am, sometimes it's quite scary how similar we are because I've worked in recruitment where there's all the big nights out after work and you're in a big group and everyone's your mate and you're all talking about this, what you watched on telly and you're all this kind of big tribe, really, of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the moment I left, no one really stayed in contact. It was like I had left this police force or left this group in an army and everyone else was carrying on without me and it really showed that they weren't my friends they were my colleagues and what's really important is i'm 41 now uh all that matters to me is my wife i've got two dogs and that is all that matters anything else on top of that is a bonus so i've got very close friends and i can count them on two hands but yeah. they're friends they're not mates they're not someone to have a beer with they're people that i can call if i feel depressed i can ring them if i'm having a great time they will drop everything at the the moment i ask but also i'm there for them too it's like a two-way thing the people that have come in my life that i'm always chasing if i look back at my whatsapp it's always me saying how are you and do you want to do something and i never get a response or it's always feels like i'm just trying for no reason they've gone and 
less is more and it's cheesy but it's true and as long as no. i've got the foundations of my two girls which are my dogs my yeah. wife and my close friends i honestly feel like i've got everything i've ever needed that's that's so good i think i think quality i think quality over quantity is certainly something i've learned and i think what my point was i think that i was thinking about was that when i was heavily depressed yeah i felt like i couldn't be that life and soul like i was i loved like the big town drinking after fr friday at four you know i think when i became really depressed and i couldn't leave my house and i didn't want to go to the pub and i didn't want to do this like it's weird how you become like you see who your people are and of course everyone stood around me now who's waving this huge dream state flag like my bestest friend my boyfriend my sister my cousin my dad like i could say and the boys have become like family so like even though like the 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 group is smaller um i've still got close friends who would come out of their way to watch us and we've gone dog i've got a border collie like he's beautiful we've gone dog walks i've got my dog walk friends so grateful for those people um my point of this is is that when i was super low it's like i don't think i was like obviously i wasn't very happy but now i'm doing this again all those people that matter in my life have made comments to me whether it be like deep or just passing like especially my family of how they've seen this like lease of life back in me and how that like there's always been apparently like this spark about me like I don't see it I don't recognize it myself but people that are close to me are like Jesse it's like hanging out with you like 10 years ago like you've got this like electricity like I hug you and it's you just you just feel the energy like you're you're so happy doing music. So I think the point I'm trying to make here is that one thing I'm really grateful for Dream State, even though it's transformed my whole life, my whole day to day, I wake up each morning and I feel happy. Like I have this ball of energy in my stomach every day waiting like what 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 email's going to come through today? What's going to be this? What's going to be that? It's so exciting and I just can't express how grateful I feel that Dream State has given me the opportunity to like be on this platform and, and ultimately feel happy again. And I know you shouldn't rely on something to be happy, but I'm just going to ride this wave and, and hope that it just keeps bringing me peace and the calm that I'm feeling. And I'm, I'm loving it. Sounds it. like you've had it so far. And 2023 was definitely the year to really get your kind of teeth stuck into it. Yeah. Show the world that you're serious, show the world that dream state is a different band. Now you've earned that right which does take time. You need to win fans over. You need to prove people because everyone's waiting for you to fall, but you yeah, didn't yeah. and you stood strong. And now the world's your oyster. You, your yeah. new music's on the verge of being listened to by many people. You've already got festivals lined up for the summer, big festivals. It's not, you know, it's not your little festivals. You've got your down, it's download again and lots and lots. I mean, is it official yet with download? download yeah that was like yeah that's on the post so i'm just yeah. making sure i'm not releasing information that shouldn't be no, out there no, yeah that is like honestly even if that's it's, i understand like you have to festivals get like exclusivity so it feels like yeah. feels like we're not as busy but i tell you what quality over quantity comes in again because oh my god what a privilege to be playing download and again big bucket list moment from my life i'm not trying to think about download yet i've got the tour ahead of me yeah. run which is in like in March, uh, big. So this time last year, we did like hundred cap venues. For some reason, they've booked us like four to nine hundred cap venues. I'm like, okay, let's see how that goes. No pressure. So, got that. All of that to like look forward to in the next sort of six weeks. So, we should be announcing some supports for that uh, in the next couple of weeks. Actually, that's brilliant. And I'll make sure. I, I think you're playing somewhere in the Midlands. I'm Shropshire based. So, I think you. I think is it Birmingham? basically that's why i said earlier in the podcast that's like the i've always opened that menu so it's really yeah. important to it out so please please mark come I to will. them i will i'll bring everyone i know uh all <laughs> seven friends of mine but um <laughs> it's weird because you talk about worcester like i'm not going to know it but i was at ludlow college um oh so worcester wasn't <laughs> far away and i i've had friends in worcester so it's uh it's i'm a shropshire boy but i've obviously been 
in Ludlow and Worcester and all around that area. So I grew up watching some of the bands you've probably watched and been at the venues that you've been at and the Bombs nights it. in Birmingham and Snobs and all these places I was at. So we've probably had a lot of the same places. Yeah, no, love Shropshire. And Ludlow, I've got a lot of family there. And uh, I tend, I, yeah, Shrop, there's a lot of people I grew up with that were from Shropshire. So yeah. I'm from country, so, like country. So, uh, yeah, I think um, what a small world. I wonder if we know any of the same people. When this is finished, we will talk. And then it won't yes. be that we're randomly shouting out people's names. But um, how I like to finish every podcast I do is the guest gets to choose the final song that's played. So it can be any band, any piece of music, any song, but something that means a lot to you. And I think I interview actors, writers, directors, musicians, but obviously people in bands struggle the most because your life is listening to music. But is there a song that you love the one I asked you the question today came to your heart before any other. Do you know what did come to my head as soon as you said it? And I don't know if it's because I read a little article about a re reunion for, for a Coachella. Um, no doubt. You, literally 24 hours ago, wasn't it? It was this big announcement. And it just says on the bot at the bottom of the poster, plus no doubt. And I was like, oh, fuck, wow. I think it would be like, again, that that's a powerful woman there that inspired me. When I was young, I went through that white blonde stage. I used to stand there with my bandana and be like, like think I was like, I was obviously not Gwen Stefani. I don't think I'll ever be. But the the blonde, the white blonde hair was there and the bandanas. She was just a badass. So let's get like no doubt, like what whatever you think, whatever song comes you to your mind. You choose whichever one you want. There's absolutely loads. I mean, obviously the one that everyone goes for don't is speak. don't speak. You know. Don't it. speak on a podcast. It's, it doesn't really work, but it does. I just think that is a banger, certified banger. So many people like call me their little like when I was in recruitment, and people found out I was in a band because I did still do bands like in my earlier years in recruitment. And I'd be like, "Oh, I'm playing like the Flapper on Saturday. Do you want to come?" And they're like, "Oh, Gwen Stefani had my white blonde hair." They're like, "Oh, you like Gwen Stefani?" So like, let's go. Don't speak. No doubt. I love that you were just talking about the Flapper and Firkin as well. What a great yeah. venue. Yeah, what amazing. A, what a venue. Like, I've had some of the best nights of my life playing there and, and just being there. Big up the Flapper. I, I, I wish I could play, but apparently, like, I wanted to play on this run, but with, with this is not, not my words. With uh, it, the venue, It's not big enough. No. And I was like, pardon? Why don't you just do it anyway? Just set up and just call yourself a different name that night. I did, I did uh, run my own festival there called Jade Fest. It was my friend's birthday. That's cool. I decided, I decided to run an all-dayer. So all my mates got to play. My husband was in a band at the time. We all just got to play a show with each other. I put my band on, all my mates' bands on. It was an all-dayer. I made fucking pee because I love sales. I just love sales. I do. I do. Yeah. Right. I love the all-dayer. It was called Jade Fest, and it was that successful I even strongly put to them a Jade Fest part two, which has never been done. But I actually think now might be time. Just like Dream State headline it, and then just every local band that wants a gig, put them on, and it's just oh, a good. That'd be awesome. Part. So yeah. Anyway, I'm running off on a tangent. No, no, it's amazing, and uh, I I'm looking forward to people discovering uh, your music, and obviously still dreaming, which is going to be out in January the 26th. Yeah um and i really hope people go along to the shows buy some amazing merch vinyls which will help you and not mean that you have to carry on working in other jobs yeah we're diy guys so you know we don't have any fancy like label or manager so please i i I'm, I don't even, I'll go as far as beg at this point. Um, the, the tour in March and April has a lot of places. If you're in Nottingham, Manchester, Norwich, Northampton, there's places everywhere. So there's no excuse not to. Um, and the Takedown Festival, obviously, as well. So that there's loads happening. And we're playing in Spain. If there's any Spanish fans out there, we're playing Resurrection Festival. You know, just Corey Taylor and just That's to name cool. a few. I just, I still can't. We just had a meeting with our booking agent and like, We've only been on with them like less than three months and like, yeah, to get download and resurrection locked in. Like, thank you so much, Atonal. I am. And 2000 Trees. Oh, yeah. Trees. Like they asked for us back and, you know, download did us a solid because obviously you get like exclusivity. But yeah. 
Big Download could see that obviously we had such an amazing year at Trees. My first ever time playing and I've never I've never played to that many people. Like I actually remember saying, like looking around the tent and being like, Is everyone outside here for us? And everyone's arms just went up and I, I was just... there. I was in the crowd. It was amazing. Oh, well that's that's why we're going back because there was such a good it was such a good time. So we've been invited back on like something called like the legend stage or something. That's I'm just awesome. so like anyway, yeah. Please well, come. it's genuinely been an absolute pleasure to meet you properly. We've been talking behind the scenes about making this interview happen. And it's, again, I think what we've learned about this podcast is it's all about timing. We could have done this when I first messaged you about 18 months ago, but none of this would have happened. It would have been a journey about you getting into the band and starting out. So I'm really glad that the story has been told today. And now we've been able to reflect on just the best journey we've both had over the last 18 months, which I don't want to see crumble. I just want to both in two years time do another podcast and we're both in LA and we're both like oh wow how cool is this <laughs> we're so similar yes and absolutely I wish you every continued success and I'm very confident I'll see you around the festival circuit if not one of the local shows on our on our definitely room. I'll make it happen thank you so much for having me I really am grateful for your time and it's, it's been really an absolute pleasure it's been genuinely enjoyable listening to your story too because you got me teared because I think it's just you sometimes think you're going through something on your own, but it's actually really powerful that... A lot today I've gone, God, that's like me. God, that's like me. The recruitment, the long years of doing the job you hate, the taste yeah. of having something you love, finding success in the last 12 months and now reaping the rewards. And it just feels like, yeah, we're on the same path. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good road to be on. So there it is. There's my interview with me and the amazing Jesse. What a beautiful human being. Such an amazing voice. I'm loving the way that this band are going. And as you're listening to this, I think you should check out their brand new mini album called Still Dreaming. It's unbelievable. I'm so excited to see them at Download and 2000 Trees this year and whatever else they're going to do. Also, if you're in the UK, they've got some dates coming up, so just check it out on their website or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or however you find out about gigs because you need to see them live. They are amazing. If you've enjoyed today's episode, as always, please share it. Most of you out there now have a Facebook, Twitter or Instagram account. Just hit the share button or retweet. Basically, it means that anyone that's on your friends list might check out the band, check out the podcast. And if that happens because of you hitting one button, it really goes a long way. So please do that. And as always, the bills always need paying, so I do have a Patreon account. I don't force it on people, but I do say that if you like the podcast and want to give me that extra chance to do more episodes, there's a link on markandme.com and you can sign up for as little as £1 a month. That's all it costs. You're getting on average about six to eight episodes every month. On top of that, you get an exclusive episode just for Patreons. You get a welcome pack with stickers and badges. You get a newsletter every month and so much more and that will continue and if you really love watching interviews instead of just listening I do have a YouTube channel this interview right now with Jesse's up there if you want to go and watch it there's also guests like Neil Blomkamp there's Simon Neal from Biffy Clyro Dave Lombardo and so many more coming your way it's getting really exciting and I'm putting a lot of work into it so if you hit the thumbs up or subscribe it means a lot before I go, let's give a quick shout out to the sponsor of the podcast. Thanks to the amazing guys at Richer Sounds. If you're in the market for a home cinema, TV, hi-fi, is that if that's what people call them anymore, I don't know, record deck, Sonos, or anything for audio and visual, go on richersounds.com and those guys will sort you out. Right, I'm going to go now because I've got more episodes to edit. I've got so much coming up for you and two massive interviews next week. So until then, listen to Dream State, take care, look after yourself, and I'll speak to you all very soon.